Joining us this morning is the former governor of Virginia, Jim Gilmore. He's also the U.S. ambassador to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe under the Trump administration. Good morning, Governor Gilmore. Good morning, Karen. How are you this morning? I'm Thanks gr- for sitting in. I'm great. Thank you. I'm, I'm certainly enjoying it. I think John will be back on Tuesday. So you speak frequently about the war in Ukraine. And I know that there is a lot of talk right now about some area Solidar, which I guess has about 10,000 people. Why is that getting so much attention with a small town of only 10,000 citizens? Well, that's right. I think that uh, we in, in the West ought not to overestimate what this is. This is an attack on a small town that went because of a failure to get an, another adjacent town by the Russians. I think it's important because it implies that the Russians are shifting the momentum back to the offense instead of being on their on the back of, of their heels uh, at this point. If they can make even a little tiny success, then they can begin to send the message, hey, look, we're, we're really beginning to move. You know, Karen, I think that's really what it is. There are a lot of bigger pictures here, though. If you could assess the status of that war right now, where would you say is the status of it? I mean, is Ukraine winning? Is it staying in place? Is Russia taking over? What, how would you assess the status today? Well, remember that uh, the word out at the beginning of this whole thing in Moscow and in Washington was this is going to be over really quick, right. that, they, uh, that the Ukrainians would fold within two days. And I knew that wasn't going to be the case because of my conferences that I had while I was over there last May. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I there, there are changes going on, and people can read the news articles the same way that I can. The uh, West now is beginning is sending light vehicles. Uh, which are very important on the battlefield. France, Germany, and the United States are sending those. It'll make a big difference uh, and get the momentum going back in the right direction again. Uh, the, the America has announced that it's going to not only send Patriot missiles, it's going to train the Ukrainians on Patriot missiles for air defense. Uh, there is now a lot of talk about sending tanks, uh, main battle tanks. Uh, the British are saying they're going to send a main battle tank. Uh, the Poles are, have announced today they're sending main battle tanks, uh, and other countries are as well. And I think the Estonians are very uh, interested in doing that as well. So that, that's the news. And, of course, the news is that uh, Putin has changed his battlefield commander again. He tossed out the guy that was announced in such great fanfare a couple of weeks ago as General Armageddon and has replaced him instead with a general staff type of Moscow uh, general. And that implies trouble. Uh, in in the Russian hierarchy here, at least dissatisfaction, if not danger, that uh, there may be uh, dissatisfaction within higher levels of of the Russian military and and private uh, organizations. So these are the the changes. You asked me, though, where how do I see it right now? Uh, I am frankly worried about the whole big picture. Karen, uh, your your listeners don't really know this because they don't talk about it much. Nobody talks about it much. But there's now an impending battle once again between Azerbaijan and Armenia. Uh, there is this unrest now on the Balkans. The Serbs are, are beginning to move back into uh, into threatened Kosovo. Uh, the, there are dangers, of course, we all know about Taiwan. Uh, the uh, the Chinese appear to be arming. Uh, as though they're saying basically, well, if we have to get in a conflict with America, we just will. Uh, I think that things are rising, not falling. And that's really the answer I wanted to give you. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm uh, discouraged in the long run. But I do believe that, uh, number one, we need to regain the moral high ground. We need to make it very clear that Russia has no right to Ukraine and China has no right to, ta- to Taiwan. Uh, how can these dictatorships claim that they have should have control over other people? 
And I think that we have to emphasize more and more that there needs to be a tribunal to uh, to try people for war crimes, starting with Vladimir Putin, because I think that, once again, it expresses the, the, the correctness of the Western position that we're just not going to live in a world uh, that runs on war crimes and, and atrocities. We're talking to former governor of Virginia, Jim Gilmore, also the U- former U.S. ambassador to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe under the Trump administration. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed. So the United States has committed to billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine. I know that you've been a proponent to that aid and that support, whether it be in money or in arms or training or whatever that is. Americans grow tired of certain things, and one is continuing to provide what seems like unlimited aid. What is the limit that you would put on aid to Ukraine, or is there a limit? Well, as I said to, to John a couple of weeks ago, the question I would, I would answer back is, when does America's national interest cease? When does the United States security no longer become important? Because this isn't about Ukraine's security and safety. This is about America's security and safety. Uh, if if and, and by the way, you're right. The, the battle now is in the United States as people are trying to cut off this aid, which at that point, of course, would require the Ukrainians to surrender, which would mean that the Russian Empire would expand, that Europe would then be threatened uh, permanently. Uh, and then at that point, you would see a real problem in the Pacific. At that point, you're in a real war. And the money that's being sent now is that the investment, if you will, in America's national security will seem small if we get into a general two-front war the way we did in World War II. So you think, but uh, for so, the U.S. aid, we, that Ukraine would, would lose this war? Uh, absolutely. I think that, uh, that the United States, but not just the United States, the British, the French, the Germans, the Swedes, the European Union people everywhere – uh, have been supporting uh, the Ukrainians, and it's it's been ramped up. And as a result, the Russians have not succeeded in their international goals. Uh, so, but if if the United States cuts it off at that point, it would be a giant explosive political statement that basically said we don't have any any interest in in maintaining the Ukrainians or in stopping the Russians. A friend of mine said, and I agree, the Russians must be stopped at all costs, and uh, otherwise you're in a real problem up the road. So I want to shift gears for just a minute, because when you were the governor of Virginia, you were instrumental in trying to eliminate this car tax, which was a huge burden on the citizens of Virginia. There is now a proposal potentially to eliminate at some point the state income tax. Talk for a minute, if you could, about your efforts when you were governor and why you thought that was a priority then and whether you have any opinion of the state income tax being removed. Well, you know, shifting back to Virginia now, and, and it is true that I was elected to eliminate the, the car tax, and you had the, the governor only has four years, and I uh, left the plan to completely get rid of it, which was then not implemented by uh, Governor Warner. Uh, so it's still there, and still there, and it's uh, very unfortunate. But the answer is, what I was doing at that time was placing the Virginia taxpayer on a higher level. I was saying that the Virginia taxpayer was important across the board. And the car tax was a tax across the board. Uh, I, I think that after I left, it reversed and it went back to spending money and taxing was the highest goal. And it's been that way ever since. So I think it's going to be a challenge, though. It depends upon how what the finances and the budgets are. Uh, personally, I would like to see us restart the, uh, the elimination of the car tax. It wouldn't be that much to do now because we got rid of most of it while I was governor. Well, it certainly is a extreme cost and burden when people have to to put out that money in June of every year, write that big check. 
Uh, so why do you, when you proposed it, do you think that it just wasn't a priority when the new governor came in? That is correct. It was not a priority when the new governor came in, and he had certain allies in the legislature, including certain Republicans, that just said, oh, well, this is all politics. We're not serious about the taxpayer. We're just going to reverse this. And, and that's very unfortunate, but it's a product of the one-term governorship uh, as uh, as our priorities change every four years without the ability to tell the taxpayers to put the chief executive with his priorities back into office. But the bottom line is that uh, the, the efforts right now to Remove taxes as a, as a burden on working Virginians is a good thing. Uh, I doubt seriously you can eliminate either the income tax or the sales tax in its entirety. I wouldn't think so. But Governor Yunkin is proposing that there be tax cuts, and I think that's certainly moving things in the right direction. Governor Jim Gilmore, former governor of Virginia, U.S. ambassador to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe under the Trump administration. Thank you for joining us today. Good. Thanks for the opportunity. Th-